Hello there, Patriots fans, and welcome on into episode 15 of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. My name is Mark Schofield. Happy to be with you on today, Saturday, December 21st, 2019. It's game day. Usually, Radio Rewind comes out on Saturday, and you got a while before the Patriots game gets going. It's game day. And it's a big one. The New England Patriots hosting the Buffalo Bills with the AFC East kind of hanging in the balance. And so we're going to kind of get you ready for this one. We've been getting you ready all week long at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. In addition, we've got some bowl games that are kicking off today as well. And so I'm going to talk about each of those games, mention a couple of prospects that you might want to keep an eye on if you're doing some Saturday scouting, getting ready for draft season. But remember, what we do here. And of course, the meat, the potatoes, the main course of this show is to get you caught up on just some of what we did this week at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network, from our flagship show, the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, with Rich Hill and Alex Shane, to Patriot Nation with Ryan Spagnoli and Pat Lane, to the Sco Show with yours truly. We give you just a glimpse of what we did the past week at the PPPN. And as always, we've got some great music to get you in and out of these shows. That is Hope from Head of Music. And you can check them out at headamusic.com. Let's get you ready now. Both the Patriots and the Bills releasing their final injury report on Thursday afternoon. Two players listed as out. One from both teams for the Bills. Offensive tackle Tyneski is listed as out with an ankle injury. Jonathan Jones is listed as out with a groin injury. He went down late in that game against the Cincinnati Bengals. This means that New England's going to have to look to somebody to cover Cole Beasley, who has been a big part of the Buffalo Bills offense. He was targeted 13 times when these teams met back in week four. Jones only gave up two catches to Beasley while working as his primary coverage defender. Now, both teams listed a number of players as questionable. Actually, New England listed a number of players as questionable. The Bills with just one defensive tackle, Corey Leggett. Patriots listed wide receiver Julian Edelman as questionable, as well as linebackers Jamie Collins and Juwan Bentley, and cornerback Jason McCourty. So those are the injuries for both of these teams as we look ahead to Saturday afternoon. Now, speaking of Saturday, we've got six bowl games that kick off for you on a variety of networks, three of them on ESPN, two of them on ABC, one on CBS Sports Network. We'll get it started at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. This is the New Mexico Bowl with Central Michigan taking on San Diego State. And while this isn't the most exciting game, there are probably some guys that you want to keep an eye on. Now, generally speaking, there are three defenders in this game to keep an eye on. Now, Central Michigan has edge player Sean Ensaya. He's a nice edge defender, a senior this year. He's got 15 and a half tackles for a loss, seven quarterback sacks, 32 total tackles, 6'3", 240. Got good size, good length to him. San Diego State has a linebacker in a corner. Casvia Tenzio is a linebacker. He had 126 tackles and eight and a half sacks last year. Four tackles away this year from that 100 tackle mark. He also has three sacks and nine tackles for a loss. He's a Pretty athletic guy in space. He could be a pretty good coverage linebacker. So he might be a guy to keep an eye on. There's also a corner, Lukman Barku, for San Diego State. He had three picks on three consecutive plays for the Aztecs against Colorado State. That's kind of impressive. 6'1", 175, Lawton Lanky, fluid hips, can move down the field pretty well. 
Not sure if the Patriots will go corner, but a guy to sort of keep an eye on. So that's the first game. That's, again, the New Mexico Bowl. It kicks off at 2 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Then at 2.30 Eastern on CBS Sports Network, you get the FBC Mortgage Cure Bowl at Orlando City Stadium down in Orlando. I've, I've never heard of this. This has got to be a new bowl game. That's Liberty taking on Georgia Southern. I was hopeful that we would get a chance to watch Stephen Buckshot Calvert, Liberty quarterback, senior quarterback. He's got good size and length to him, but he was out for their season finale, didn't dress for an undisclosed reason, not sure if he's going to go or not. Some other players to watch in this game, Liberty has a wide receiver, Antonio Gandy-Golden. Big physical guy. Some people have said he's like a poor man's version of Julio Jones. Interesting player to watch. He's going to get a pretty tough matchup. Kendall Vindor from Georgia Southern. Pretty good corner. He's got eight picks in his career over the past three years. And he's probably going to get matched up against him. That's going to be an interesting matchup to watch. I hope Buckshot gets to go because he's an interesting quarterback to watch. Got a chance to study him over the past couple of seasons. Not sure if he will, but again, somebody to keep an eye on. Then at 3.30 Eastern on ES- on ABC, excuse me, you get the Sherabundi Boca Raton Bowl. SMU versus Florida Atlantic. This game, it's at Florida Atlantic. They get a host of bowl game. That's kind of nice. And some prospects to watch in this game. You get some skill players to watch. James Porsche, wide receiver from SMU. Harrison Bryant, a tight end from Florida Atlantic. Look, it's not a great tight end class. He won the John Mackey Award this season as the best tight end in college football. Over 1,000 yards received and 65 catches, four touchdowns. He's been on people's draft radars for a while. He's added some size, added some weight. He's gotten better at blocking. So look, Patriots fans, I know some of you are antsy about the tight end position. You're going to want to watch the Boca Raton Bowl. Tell them your boy Mark said you have to. If you've got family obligations or something, look, it's, it's like a... I should have said this earlier. It's like a three on the rake scale. You probably can do other stuff. It's the first Saturday, but it's a three on the rake scale until you get to 430. You got to get stuff done because then the Patriots game kicks off. But look, if you want to sell somebody and watching a bowl game before the Patriots game kicks off, keep it on the tight end from Florida Atlantic. Then at 5.30, maybe around halftime or so of the Patriots game, you get the Camillo Bowl down at the Crampton Bowl in Montgomery, Alabama, Florida International versus Arkansas State. And we actually get another quarterback to keep in mind here. Florida International's quarterback, James Morgan, he's got a decent size to him, got a solid arm. He can move around pretty well, make some good touch throws downfield. He might be a vertical type passer, needs to improve on decision-making and pocket awareness, but Interesting guy to watch. Arkansas State, Omar Bayless is a pretty good wide receiver, slot type guy. So Patriots fans are probably thinking that's the last thing we need. But look, if it's halftime of the Pats game and you're looking for something to flip to, the Camilla Bowl, that's 5.30 on ESPN. That's again 5.30 Eastern. Then look, 7.30, probably about the time the Patriots game is ended. Flip over to ABC. You get Boise State, Washington in the Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl in this one actually has some players that you probably want to keep in mind because, let's face it, if Jacob Eason decides to come out, he's going to get some, I don't know if he's going to get first-round buzz, but probably some early second-round buzz, and that's just one player in this game. 
If Patriots fans are starting to waver on the offensive tackle position, Trey Adams from Washington. He's 6'8", 314, huge guy, moves pretty well for his size. He's been healthy this season. He's had some injury problems. So he's a player you can keep an eye on. And Hunter Bryant, the tight end, he's basically a big wide receiver, but he's lined up as a tight end from time to time. He's not an overpowering blocker. Think more Mike Jacecki than TJ Hawkinson. Think more like Noah Fant than TJ Hawkinson. He's not really an in-round guy, but for a team that needs help with the tight end position, he's certainly somebody to watch. Boise State's Curtis Weaver, he's got first round written all over him. Um, he had 11 sacks and 13 tackles for a loss as a freshman. Look, he's putting up huge numbers since then. He's going to have a great matchup with Adams, the offensive tackle from Washington. So that's going to be an interesting game to look at sort of from a scouting perspective. That's the Las Vegas Bowl. Again, that's 7.30 Eastern on ABC. Finally, Saturday night's bowl slate concludes with the RNL Carriers New Orleans Bowl. That's at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Number 20, App State takes on UAB. And let's show a fullback some love. UAB fullback Spencer Brown. The Patriots, you saw it this year. When James Devlin went down, that run game started to struggle. Jakob Johnson stepped in, picked it up a bit. Now the run game struggles again. They're using a Landon Roberts there. Keep an eye on this game in Spencer Brown. If the Patriots want to address the fullback position, maybe late in the draft, maybe a priority undrafted free agent, he's a guy to watch. And he might have an interest in the matchup because App State is a great linebacker. Akeem Davis-Gaither, kind of undersized more like a safety hybrid type player, good in space, gets off blocks well, can cover guys pretty well. I think he's an interesting player to watch. So again, Pat's game is over. Hopefully you're celebrating. It's a Saturday night. Maybe you've got some friend, friends over, family over. You're doing some stuff. But put this game on and keep it on in the background, especially when UAB has the football. You can watch Spencer Brown against that linebacker from App State, Akeem Davis-Gaither. So that's a look at injuries for the Patriots and the Bills, as well as your Saturday slate of college football games. Bowl games kick back into action Monday on the 23rd at 2.30 p.m. You get UCF Marshall and the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. Might as well mention that since we're talking bowl games, and I won't get a chance to talk to you probably at least dedicated to bowl games and, and before this one. If you're home from work, if you get the day off, start of the holiday break, whatever, I'm going to be home with the kids. I'll probably turn this game on because you get to watch another wide receiver cornerback battle. UCF's Gabriel Davis, a fun downfield guy, 6'3", 212, a good burst, tracks the ball well. What he might go up against? Chris Jackson, the corner from Marshall. Five picks, 19 pass breakups this season. Interesting matchup there. And so if you're wondering about wide receivers, this guy's more of an X-type. Might want to see it. So again, that's 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Monday, UCF versus Marshall and the Bad Boy Mowers Gasparilla Bowl. So that's a look at all that fun stuff. Up next, the heart of the show, taking a look at some of the best we had to offer this week at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. That's ahead on episode 15 of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 15 of Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind. And let's get to the good stuff. Some of the stuff we did this week at Pat's Pulpit, the podcast network, the PPPN, as it were. And it kicked off in somewhat enjoyable fashion. The Patriots, they take care of business out in Cincinnati. And Pat and Spag sat down for an instant reaction show. 
when you've been talking about it all year that, you know, the Patriots second half defense has been great all year long. Uh, yeah. And particularly even, you know, even these last, you know, these last six games here where they've struggled a bit, the, you know, the second half defense has been great against all the teams they've played. And, you know, and that again, continued today, obviously against a lesser opponent that you thought they'd be able to shut down right away. But even the running game, which they were having some real difficulty stopping in the first half, they really, they really shut it down in the second half. Yeah, I mean, Mixon's a tough back. He, you knew that going in the game. He bounces off tackles. You know, he can catch the ball. Uh, he, he's a guy who's going to have an, a thousand yards from scrimmage you know, on a terrible team. I mean, he's uh, he's right. really good. One of the better backs they're going to face all year. So you kind of expected some problems there. But um, I just think the secondary again was just so locked down. Gilmore with two unbelievable plays on the ball, and then J.C. Jackson again. Um, and then right. you talk about special teams, Jake Bailey. I mean, everyone talks about Matthew Slater. You know, the special teams god stripping that ball out and. And Bethel, I think, jumping on it, but Jake Bailey yep. getting that ball off, you know, that 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 kick gets blocked. Yeah. We got a ball Close. game there. So uh that was the turning point again. Special teams has just been that X factor all year. They seemingly just, you know, when the offense can't string together, they they make a big play just to get them back in the game. Um, you know, big, big momentum play again from the special teams. Then it was episode fifty-two of the Sco Show, and it was a glorious victory edition. We got to be happy there too. Felt good for a change of the Sco Show, and the happy music is back. The joy in my voice is back. Why? Because the Patriots won a game, and they avoided their first three-game losing streak since the 2002 season. The Patriots go into Cincinnati, yes, against the 1-12, now 1-13 Cincinnati Bengals, but they get off the schneid, get back in the win column, and now they set themselves up for a pivotal short week against the Buffalo Bills on Saturday afternoon. The New England Patriots with a W, 34-13 over the Cincinnati Bengals. Since it's a glorious victory edition installment, we're going to have our great, our good, our bad, our take of the game, our game balls, all the stuff you probably forgot we would do on these shows. And we're also going to have an extra segment, the elephant in the room. You'll probably know where I'm going with that. It can't all be good times. It can't all be puppies and kittens and sugar plums, even though the holiday season is upon us. Before all that, though, your usual cavalcade of announcements. Please do follow along with the hijinks on Twitter, at Mark Schofield. Check out the work at places like InsideThePylon.com, Pro Football Weekly, Matt Waldman's Rookie Scouting Portfolio, and yes, a trio of SB Nation websites, Big Blue View, Bleeding Green Nation, and right here at Pat's Pulpit, let's talk the great. And you have to start with Stephon Gilmore. Massive game for Gilmore. Two interceptions, one of which was a pick six. Almost had a third. We kick it off with our very early take of the game, which comes to us via the SCO Show Slack channel from Alex A. Again, if you'd like to be a member, hit me up on Twitter at Mark Schofield or send an email, mark.schofield at insidethepylon.com. And Alex pointed out, after the pick six, DPOY. And that was it. And that's your take of the game. Why? Because Stephon Gilmore should be your defensive player of the year. Leads the league in interceptions. Obviously, the pick six today, which was huge. What this defense has meant to the New England Patriots this year has been huge. And then on Tuesday, Rich and Alec kind of brought us all back to earth a bit. On episode 179 of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast, Marley and Mario, I mean, Rich and Alec had some thoughts about the offense. 
No, it doesn't, Rich. No, especially because despite the fact that maybe I'm just being a curmudgeon at Scrooge right now in this holiday season, but despite the fact that the Bengals game was 34-13, to which is a blowout any way you look at it, I don't think the final score is really reflective on the offense performing well, other than basically maybe two drives, maybe one or two drives where they strung up multiple plays together, their opening drive, and maybe then the kill Harry touchdown drive if you want to factor that one in there. The Patriots were kind of gifted really good field position, and it still took them a long time to do anything with it. They had to pick six from Gilmore. Uh, I, I, despite the fact that the Bengals are the worst team in the league, and the Patriots put a lot of points up. I still didn't walk away from that game feeling like, oh, they've righted the ship. I'm now more confident than I was last week, and things are getting better. Am I being overreactive here, or is that legitimate? I think it's totally legitimate. I, I don't think that this Patriots offense showed anything against this Buffalo's Bills, or sorry, against the Cincinnati Bengals team that we haven't already seen before from them. Which you mentioned this before the podcast is that the Patriots seem to do very, very well when they start the game. So they let a very impressive opening drive touchdown, eight plays, 75 yards against this Bengals team, ended with a nice little touchdown. And, uh, you know, they've done that in previous weeks, too. They, they had a five-play, 44-yard touchdown uh, against the Kansas City Chiefs to, to open that game. Um, and then they also had a, an opening uh, game drive to score a field goal, I believe it was, against the, the Houston Texans. So when they have those scripted plays in their pocket, they seem to be able to effectively produce. And part of that is just, uh, you know, you give credit to the practice that they've put in during the off week where they know exactly what they want to do and they're able to do it. And I think it really indicates that this is a young offense. This is an inexperienced offense where you have a lot of players that are continuing to grow into their roles, like Nikhil Harry, Mohamed Sanu. They're players that you can't quite rely on during the, the meat of the game where they're starting to do a lot of adjustments. And they'll continue to improve as the season continues onwards. So, you know, hopefully they'll, they'll get everything under their belt that they need to by the postseason. But... I mean, there was nothing that the Patriots did against the Bengals that made me feel any confidence whatsoever because, I mean, think of how they scored. They got 10 points one uh, basically for free with nothing from the offense. They had a pick six from Stephon Gilmore, and then they had a field goal that was right before the end of the half that they got from a muffed punt where the Patriots lost five yards and settled for a field goal. So ultimately, they gained negative five yards and put ten points on the board. The rest of it, they had two touchdowns in the second half where they were gifted the ball uh, on the, the Bengals' side of the field. So they were playing with some short field. It's just, you know, you expect them to score against the worst team in the league. They did it, so you're happy with that. But I would like to see a little bit more consistency than we did from the offense. Then on Wednesday, we dropped episode 53 of the SCO Show, and I was joined by Nate Geary, my former co-host of the Intentional Scouting Podcast. Nate covers the Buffalo Bills for WGR 550 up in Buffalo. And after talking about Josh Allen and Trey White and the Bills and yada, 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 we got to what was really important, the Top Gun Maverick preview. So, Nate... Where are you on the Top Gun Maverick oh. previews? Are you as excited as I am? Have you downloaded the soundtrack like me? Well, no, I haven't downloaded the soundtrack like you. I'm not surprised you've downloaded the soundtrack. But what I will say is I did watch the preview. Um, yeah, Cruz, uh, man, it's going to be great. The the cast yeah. looks great. Um, I kind of found myself re-watching the preview after I watched it. I watched it a couple times in a row. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. Listen, you know what? I was actually just having this conversation yesterday, Mark. 
2019 is going to end up the year of the movie. And we've had, we haven't had a year quite like 2019, especially as we get closer to the end of the year. I mean, the Irishman, you start right. talking to the Joker, some of these movies that have come out towards the end of this year, going into 2020, like we haven't had a year like this in quite some time where there's actually going to be a debate come Oscar time. Like what movies are going to get Oscars? What shows, you know, are going to get these golden, like it, it's, it, there has been a lot of good filmmaking, um, which is nice because it has been quite a while, man. Uh, and I'm, I think I'm maybe most uh, – this remake in particular, um, I'm, I'm probably most excited about. Then on Thursday, we had two shows for you. Up first was episode 180 of the Pat's Pulpit podcast. And here, Alec and Rich opine on what they expect to see from this Patriots defense against this Bills offense on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, it's funny. We'll talk about the offense in a minute, but defensively, there's actually, I think, a lot you can take away from that game. Uh, the Buffalo Bills ran the ball very well early, and the Patriots adjusted, and once the Bills weren't able to run the ball effectively, as we just talked about, they're not really a, a passing team. And so I think if the Patriots can do what they haven't been able to do as of late, which is stop the run game right away, maybe get up a score or two, make the running game much less effective, the long sustained drives that have kept Brady off the field back when Brady was more of a threat offensively in years past, if they can get away from that and they can stop the run right away and not take a series or two, even a quarter and a half to really figure out what the Bills are going to do, I think that'll really go a long way because I don't think the Bills offense has a lot of game tape of them being really really complex and elaborate i think most game tape at all 22 film will reveal it's a smash mouth run first team with a big rangy quarterback that can move the ball with his legs and so if you want to look at the game plan from from the the week four game 10 points is a pretty solid outing um buffalo scored no points in the first quarter and only a touchdown in the set in the third quarter so i if they can basically duplicate what they did against the bills in week four they should be just fine yeah absolutely and i, I would say when you look at the specific plays that allowed the Bills to score against the Patriots, they relied on TJ Yeldon, who is no longer part of that offense, uh, for their touchdown drive. They had a 23-yard pass short to him, and then a 19-yard pass to TJ Yeldon over Kyle Van Noy, I believe. And so they threw passes to running backs, and that's where Devin Singletary is going to come into play. And then they also had uh, you know, another field goal where I believe it was Frank Gore had like a 40-yard gain. So if the Patriots can make sure that their rushing attack doesn't develop and they can make sure that the running backs do not produce as receivers coming out of the backfield – then New England's going to have a good day. And that's why my X factor is going to be Kyle Van Noy, who has been having a career year for the Patriots. And part of his responsibilities will be making sure that the running backs go flat out to the, the sidelines and don't get some nice releases on their wheel routes because those are plays that Josh Allen can capitalize on. But not only will he be responsible for making sure that those running backs don't get free releases into their wheel routes, he will also be making sure that Josh Allen stays in the backfield. He doesn't escape out there. He'll be responsible for collapsing the pocket, creating a lot of pressure. He will have a lot of responsibilities against this Bills offense, and I think he'll be up to the task. Then on episode 54 of the Scope Show, I asked Joe Marino about the rise of Skywalker in, don't worry, no spoilers here. Like, none. A couple weeks ago, I asked Seth Kaiser about Baby Yoda. I asked Nate Gary this week about Top Gun Maverick. So I'll ask you, Joe Marino, where are you on the rise of Skywalker? Are you like it first in line tonight? Are you going to watch it on DVD? Or are you going to watch it at all? I'm going to give you my honest answer here, Mark. But the, the first, I'm going to push this back on you. Oh, boy. You know me a decent amount. 
What do you think? What do you think my answer to this is? What do you I'm, think? I'm guessing you might see this maybe on DVD a couple months down the road. Maybe. <sighs> Brother, I have never watched a Star Wars movie. Well, okay. I mean, I get it. I get it. So, I mean, I, I know that's that's like a point of pride for some people, and it's not for me. Like, it's it's it's. I'm not interested in Star Wars. It never really appeals to me. I mean, I'm I'm big on like I'm pro let people like things. Right. But Star Wars just it doesn't move the needle for me. And it's I'm not like bragging that I haven't seen it. It's just I'm not interested. And I'm I mean I mean I'm a bad movie guy to begin with. I, I my wife and I we actually were talking about this this past weekend. We've only been to the movie like movies like three times together. Really? And, and yeah, and w- twice we're like with my entire family where we went and saw like Aladdin the Lion King when the you know the motion pictures came out or right. I guess the graphics or whatever. You know, I just I I worked in movie rental for like 10 years uh prior to breaking into the football world and like since then I have just been anti-movies if that makes sense. I get you. Look, as far as Rise of Skywalker, I haven't seen I can't remember the last Star Wars movie I saw. So I'm kind of right there with you. So I get it, man. Believe me. Wasn't there like 18 of them though? Like yeah, there's eight I, or nine. There's like, I think this is in. nine. It's hard to jump right. in right now. Like this is like a binge kind of thing where you're going to have to like sit down and watch them all. And Joe, we don't have time for that. No, We're going to break down. There's a D3 quarterback from Mount Union. I'm hearing yeah. good things about. So I got to watch I've, him first. And I've got fifth round tight ends. I need to tell Patriots fans about here in the Apparently, comments. Man, I got to get gonna, the noldies. You, know? you have to, because we're going to be coming to you for that all draft season. Then on Friday, Pat and Spags got together for episode 57 of Patriot Nation. And here they talk about the Bills' offense, Josh Allen and John Brown. You know, when they have guys missing in Pittsburgh and everything else and blah, blah, blah. But it just it doesn't matter. Now, the thing about the Patriots is that Josh Allen stinks against the Patriots. Okay, I think Josh Allen isn't very good to begin with. But Josh Allen stinks against the Patriots. So this defense is, is the strength of the team. And what they can do is shut the Bills down throwing the ball. And if they can do that, and you know, to to quote to quote Cam Haley, you can't win, you know, you can't win a game zero zero. And so I understand that. But at the same time, if you can shut down the Bills offense, then you only got to score 17 points against the Bills to win. And so I think that that's the big thing for the Patriots. That's what they need to look at and try to count on. They're playing a great defense. That that defense is bordering on elite. It's it's a top five defense in the NFL. And like you said, I think they're ranked third overall. It's a really good, legit defense. And so you're playing against that defense. You know you're going to have trouble. You know you're going to struggle against that defense a little bit. But on the flip side of it, your defense has been playing so well, and their quarterback makes mistakes. And you can force him into making mistakes and can confuse him. And so I think that that's, that's where the Patriots have the clear advantage is, you know, is that. Now, here's the thing about the Bills, too, that I like. They have some swagger, man. The Bills have some swagger. They're not afraid of anyone. I think Sean McDermott is doing a, uh, is doing a great. Sean McDermott? Yeah. That's right, right, right? Oh, Sean McDonough is the broadcaster. No, I'm no. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sean McDermott. You got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. I was like, wait a second. Second guess myself. Dude. <laughs> Sean McDermott's been doing a great job. He's got him coached up. Like they're ready to go every single week. They're gonna come into into New England, and this is similar to like an old school Ravens team where they're gonna come in unafraid, ready to go, ready to play. Now the question is, can their quarterback handle the heat from the Patriots secondary, and, you know, and the front seven? And if he can, if he can weather that storm, the Bills have a good shot at winning this game. 
Yeah, it, it's you know, granted, Tom Brady's thirty-one and three versus Buffalo. It's a good time right. to bring that stat up. Um, <laughs> but you know, on Josh Allen, you're right. I think McDermott's done a good job, and 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 Dable over there, the offensive coordinator, they've you know schemed things up where he can keep it simple. He obviously can extend plays with his legs. He's fantastic at that. Um, but like you know, just like any of these dual threat, those RPO type of guys especially Josh Allen, if you can keep him inside the pocket and make him fit balls into tight windows and make him beat you with his arm. Everyone knows he's got the big arm, but mm-hmm. you know, does he have the accuracy? I don't think so. Can he make a tight throw in tight space? I don't think so under pressure, no. So if you can kind of scheme some things up where you can get some pressure, keep him inside the pocket and make him, you know, John Brown's having a fantastic year. I think he's second sure or third in the league in receiving yards. He was leading it at one point. He might be leading yeah. the league in, the, in receiving yards, to be honest with you. I don't have it in front of me, but he's got, yeah, you know, they got some weapons, obviously Beasley in the slot. And then having John Jones likely probably not going to play this week because of the groin. That's yeah. a tough matchup. You know, he's a, one of the best slot guys in the league. Um, so, yeah, I mean, like I said, just, just kind of contain Josh Allen. He, he, he's not going to beat you with his legs. He's not, you know, he's not a Lamar Jackson, but you know, if you can scheme some things up, like I said, where force him to beat you with his arm, I'll take that bet all day. Yeah, 100%. Brown has fallen off a little bit lately. Uh, you know, 39, 26, 26. He had seven for 99 on Sunday night, but he is over a thousand yards receiving for the season on 71 catches. So he's legit. He's, he's a legit receiver. And I think that, you know, he's a guy that the Patriots have to respect. And I, I assume he's going to get Gilmore, is what I would assume. You throw Gilmore on him, and then you I try to slow everyone him. else down. You know? I believe he had him week four or week five. I think so. So there you have it, everybody. Just a little taste of what we did this week at the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network. That will do it for episode 15 of the Pat's Pulpit Radio Rewind Podcast. We got a game today. Patriots, Bills, 4.30 this afternoon. It is a massive, massive game. And you know what that means? That means no days off. I will be back with an episode of the SCO Show later tonight, episode 55 of the SCO Show. Hopefully a glorious victory edition. Also, I will be on SB Nation Radio at 9.40 Eastern, helping break down this game as well. You can tune in for that. Because remember, let's face it, even though it's the holiday season, even though it's a Saturday, it doesn't matter. From the players to the coaches, and yes, the hosts of the Pat's Pulpit Podcast Network, there are no days off. Yeah.